0: Hitting revenue targets is hard and requires constant hustle. Last quarter's success is already forgotten. Learn the mindset and tactics of today's most successful revenue producers in B2B marketing and sales. We call this the revenue hustle. I'm your host, Tom Hessen, navigating you on this journey. Today's show is sponsored by Nine Lenses, an interactive assessment platform that enables you to add instant value to your buyers and allows your sales team to tailor business conversations focused on the pain points each and every time. Check them out at NineLenses.com. All right. This is your host, Tom Heston, uh, the Revenue Hustle Podcast, and we're featuring David Delaney as our next guest. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on always be hustling yeah always be hustling right that's <laughs> that's definitely a revenue rule well let me introduce David. and i'll give him a chance to do it himself but david is the ceo of tenbound and also an author of the sales development framework it's a book about sales development as his company works with SaaS companies and manages and and coaches and advises them on how to do sales development uh well and so david uh, you've been doing this a long time i'm really excited to have you on the podcast please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you're doing at 10 pound
1: yeah absolutely uh so we've been working with companies uh, b2b companies uh primarily in the SaaS industry who have sales development teams and helping them to improve either you know they're in between managers or uh, they're struggling with their messaging or, you know, people are leaving, etc. And they're not building pipeline as fast and, and getting a, a great ROI from their sales development team as possible. And we'll come in and, and work with them sort of as a guide and a coach and, you know, a, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a sounding board really to get the program back on track and, and uh, get the pipeline pumped up. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, I know there's,
0: uh, you and I talked a little bit about this, but there's been a lot written on LinkedIn about the death of the SDR and the team and the function. And so I'm really excited to have you on because I know you'll have a really strong perspective uh, on this topic. So I'm just going to just throw it over to you. You know, we do these revenue rules, David. So go ahead. Give us your first revenue rule.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that the death of the SDR has been overly exaggerated.
0: (laughs) Nice. And so um, the,
1: the revenue rule is: some somebody has to do this. Um, and you know whether we like it or not, prospecting, going outbound, contacting you know new customers, new potential customers, um, introducing the product, introducing the service. Uh, it's as old as as sales, and uh, it's it's not it's nobody's favorite thing to do. Uh, but it's it's a critical function it's uh it's a lot of work to get right and uh somebody has to be doing it constantly so if you if you just rely you know on on marketing to supply all your hot leads and you can sit back and wait for your calendar to fill up with qualified appointments um, i think you're gonna have hungry kids (laughs) so somebody's gonna have to do it Um, and the sales development model is set up for that and and, I, I think that it's uh, it's proven its itself, and it, it does need to evolve. And we can talk more about that. It's yeah, definitely.
0: Well, so, now, what is the argument for why it isn't working or it shouldn't exist? I mean, do you have any thoughts on? I mean, has that ever hit your yeah. radar? Like, what the the counterpoints to you know having this team do this work?
1: yeah i think that it's it's coming from a buyer perspective where you know busy executives uh have their own way of analyzing uh solutions for their problems and and um they they don't uh take cold calls anymore uh they their inbox is full Mm -hmm. of automated sequences that are irrelevant to their their pain points and uh, you know, they they don't like being hassled by salespeople. Um, and And so they're very vocal out there about how they don't want to uh, have to deal with this. And they have their own way of of buying today that's completely different than maybe, you know, ten or twenty years ago. And uh, And so I think the the pushback is from a buyer perspective that they're just inundated with all this irrelevant messaging and it's uh it's burning up a lot of their day and so they they look at the the title of the person who is reaching out and it says SDR and they're like i i hate SDRs you know it's right bugging. yeah it's it's uh
0: you know for i'm sure you get a lot of emails i get a lot of emails um you know on the, on the receiving side of the emails i mean there's a there's a rare occasion where i get something really personalized Um, To me, it usually is just some sort of long, complicated message that may not even be related to anything that I'm doing. Um, And so there's a lot of bad process out there. I guess it gives maybe STRs a bad name across um, the whole spectrum. But I do think buyers do get a lot of email, so they're all lumped together. And I think that's a good, good perspective
1: you're sharing there. Yeah, I mean, prospecting, it's a really hard problem to solve. I mean, there, and everyone's looking for a silver bullet that like I said, you could just kind of roll out of bed and ask Alexa, you know, for a meeting with the head of product at IBM. And, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, there's a qualified appointment on your calendar. It's not that easy. I mean, and nobody really thinks that I'm just exaggerating, but we would love it to be easy, you know? So, you know, one day it's, um, you got to send this template or, you have to um, get rid of SDRs, or you got to do this, do that. I mean, it's it's like there's no there's no silver bullet to be able to do this. You got to figure it out yourself. And uh, and you know, with in the same time, all the automation that's come into play with this has just uh, been able to um, magnify, you know, bad bad prospecting right. and uh, and uh, and flood flood people's inbox with, um, you know, irrelevant messaging. And so we're in a situation today where, you know, there's a push and pull, right? Because businesses need qualified pipelines, salespeople need qualified opportunities. I mean, that's not going anywhere. That's an evergreen problem in business. and um, And then at the same time, the group that's in charge of supplying that, marketing, sales, sales development, are trying to come up with creative uh, innovative ways to do that in as quickly as quickly as possible and uh and you know there's going to be inherently some some conflict between those two parties and uh and the trick is you know can you can you keep being creative can you can you do it effectively um and and efficiently and uh and lead that that charge um, effectively, and uh, you know, it's it's not easy to do. Yeah, it's, I mean, I led a team uh, years ago,
0: and what struck me was there's this pull between. This was back when like you could spray and pray, where you just send out a bunch of emails, and somebody would you know respond and take a meeting or two, and and so I don't know that it's that easy anymore. But I was always of the opinion of more personalized, fewer volume, right? So. i don't know spend a little bit of time researching find a small number of people try to be highly personalized and so i was never the guy that were using the automation tools right where my other people were were sending these sequences and you know where are you kind of on the spectrum of personalization versus you know productivity and automation
1: yeah i mean that's that's a tough one right um because you know um you only have a finite amount of time during the day and you you know i mean from a funnel perspective that you have to get a certain amount of volume out there because there's a large percentage of the people are not trying to solve the problem that you're talking about right now um and it's you're just you're watering concrete i don't know if you ever that analogy, but a lot of the a lot of the water, you know, is going to go onto concrete. It's not going to hit the lawn, right? So you, mm-hmm. you have to have enough volume, but then at the same time, the, the quality of the messaging has to be um, at a point where the the prospect would actually be like, hey, that that, that you know, um, Trish Bertuzzi says to go from crazy busy to a little bit curious. You know the the message has to be on point um and so you've got to find a way to balance the the volume with the quality and um and then and and also to be able to meet the the prospect where they are you know um and and they they your email might not be reaching them they might not answer cold calls um and so you you've got to come up with a way to get the message in front of them in the first place, um, you know that that's a huge challenge, right? Just with the volume of email. Um, yeah.
0: But I, I mean, I, I agree. Like watering concrete, it's like if you strike the right person at the right time, just given it's a burning problem for them, you're, they're going to respond in a in a heartbeat. Whereas if you're responding to someone that's the right persona, but it's not even on their priority list, they're just going to ignore it, right? So you, you that's yeah. your point about volume, because you you just need to. You just don't
1: know, right? Yeah, I mean, even if, even if the person does have the problem and, and it's the exact problem that you could solve, it might not be painful enough at that point. You know, they, it's it's. Um, I've had a broken door handle on my Toyota Corolla for several months now. And I just have figured out a way to kind of jimmy it so that the door opens. And so, you know, if the Toyota guy called today and said, we can fix your door handle, Eh, you know, it might not be the right time, you know, and it doesn't hurt enough. So, so there's all those factors, right? And, and that's what you're, you're working against. And, and so just to take a, take a step back, when we start working with SDR teams, and especially ones that are struggling, the first thing that we ask is, tell me about the people that you're calling out to. Um, And, and, and then, you know, what are their main problems that they're dealing with? Give me like three of the top pain points that they're dealing with as part of the jobs, you know, that they need to get done every day. And, um, you know, the sad case of sales training uh, today is that most SDRs can't answer that question, even the pay people, you know, they could give you a couple of titles, but it's you know what what who are these people what do they do for a living what are their jobs that they need to get done and then what what's you know the hard things about those jobs um that's that's the first step okay let's let's get a good handle on that and then let's start talking you know backing into how your product or service actually helps with that and is that a training issue
0: i mean is, i mean I, some of the challenges i think with scrs is it's a high turnover job because the good ones will get promoted into like an inside sales role or something like that right in maybe yeah. 18 to 24 months it's it's usually a um, someone that doesn't have a whole lot of business experience potentially if they're coming out of college or, or career transitioning into sales they got to start there so they may not have a lot of business background so it seems like it's a tall order to get that person to feel com- confident and comfortable talking to somebody that you know they can't really relate to
1: yeah, big time. I mean, and so and so the main thing is um they they get thrown in the deep end of the pool right at the beginning. Um not a lot of training, not a lot of support. Um sometimes they don't even have a manager. They just kind of roll up to a um a sales person or somebody in the sales department. Um and they're kind of left on their own, especially now with COVID, um a lot of brand new SDRs are working from home. They might not even have a dedicated workspace you know living with roommates or stuff like that so it's you know it's very isolating so they're trying to figure it out uh, on their own um they get a look maybe a little bit of product training and then these this is this is the 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 kicker um they get plugged in with these super powerful tools and not to you know date myself here but in the old days you know when i first started you weren't even allowed to touch the the sequencer or the automated anything. Everything was, you know, a step-by-step manual process. And now, you know, you get this highly inexperienced person plugged in with these super powerful tools. And, um, you know, it's just mayhem, you know? Um, And I think that's the kind of pushback against the, the SDR industry, because if you're the flip around to the buyer and you're sitting there and you wake up every day with hundreds of, of um, you know emails and and uh, phone calls, uh, people, people don't even leave a message anymore because it's just it's an automated dialer that's placing you know a hundred phone calls all at the same sure. time and uh, they don't even leave a message, right? So you could look at it from the buyer perspective. They just sort of tune it out, and and um, they follow their own buyer-centric path that that excludes all the noise because they have to. They they you know there's only so many t- so much time during the day. So right.
0: I can't no, remember that, what your question was, no, but no, that was really good. I mean, I think that 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 point about just their inexperience and then matching with yeah. powerful tools amplifies bad behavior a lot of time. But it all starts with them not even knowing the buyer right or their pain points or you know they really have to i mean that that should start with training right from the organization and and really helping them understand all those sorts of things they may not fully be able to walk in that person's shoes right with the little experience they may have selling into that person but i think it starts with having an appreciation and empathy for their who they're reaching out to right and i think that you know, that dovetails very nicely into your, your second revenue rule. So you just teed that up very nicely there. Um, and, and so I don't wanna to go too far into that conversation, um, but I, I wanna come back to the second revenue rule, but is there anything else you wanted to share just as it relates to, you know, like the SDR model? I mean, there's been a lot about, you know, is it a marketing function? Is it a sales function? Does it matter in your perspective? Who, who owns the team in terms of their success?
1: not really i mean it's the the kind of rule of thumb is whoever can pay the most attention to the team and and get get them the tools and the training and the support that they need um in order to be successful and uh you know it it's really comes down to the psychology of how you look at the sdr team at your company so you know if you if you put in the time of recruiting top-notch people and looking at it as a long-term almost like a training program for for the company and that's how the big companies do it like the Salesforce and LinkedIn of the world you know they they really uh, look at it as we're going to find the the top people they're going to be an SDR for you know a couple of years they're going to learn everything they can about the market and the industry and the the product and you know the the pain points, et cetera, and from there now, you know they're really, uh, uh, you know, a valuable part of our culture, and the sky's the limit. You know, if there's if there's opportunities, they can go into sales, they can go into customer success, they can go into marketing, and they've really been indoctrinated right right at the beginning. Um, some companies look at it still uh, as a churn and burn, like we just want appointments uh we want you to talk to you know x number of people etc and they really run it like almost like a sweatshop you know type of mentality right. and and they don't put any effort in you know and 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 I, I you know i it depends on the industry and stuff like that how you want to run it but for me if you're going to spend the time to recruit and buy all these tools and and invest and you, you have somebody who's really got lo- great long-term potential to make a difference at your company, I would think you'd want to really spend a lot of time almost creating like a an academy, you know, and, and really focusing um, on the development of the SDR team, you know, uh, for a long-term uh, perspective of, of the company. And whether that's somebody in marketing, marketing, you know, has a lot of, bonuses to working with the SDR team closely because they're at the top of the funnel right, all the way right. from brand to demand gen to driving inbound leads events um, the, the the SDR team can be you know uh, really well integrated and and leverage the work of the marketing team um, you know the sales team wants the outputs um, they they they're more interested in the the sausage than the actual <laughs> sausage making right very right. well um, so they just want qualified appointments, you know, on the calendar and and to be filled up with, the, you know, the the head of whatever at the company that they're trying to break into. So they're they're maybe not as interested in mentoring and coaching and stuff like that. But that's not necessarily the case at all companies. So. Yeah.
0: Well, well, and then last question here before we move on to your second rule is, yeah. what's your thoughts on is the cold call dead? Right. Again, that's a long standing kind of perspective as part of your book and your and your training
1: is calling an integral part of that. Um, No, I you know, I don't think it's dead. I mean, I I think that the phone is the fastest and, uh, you know, most effective way to do what we're trying to do, which is have conversations with people and, and get find out you know, what their pain points are, and if their pain points are are bad enough that they may wanna have another conversation to talk about solving those. So the, I don't think the cold call is dead. I, I just think that you gotta be careful. Um, one, one tip that I would give people is have your SDRs call your cell phone number um, and see what happens, because we just did a yeah. webinar about this. There's the new FCC rule called stir shaken where you may have noticed that a lot of the calls that you get now, it says either spam or telemarketer. And um, one of the first things we do when we work with companies is we go, hey, SDRs, call me, you know? And and then we show them like, dude, you're coming, do you know you're coming up as a telemarketer? I mean, which is, I can't imagine a a worse designation. Um, And and so, and that is, caused by technology that we have today and it's we don't have the old you know rotary phone on everybody's desk the it's all voice over ip so just make sure that your calls are connecting um and um that when you are connected to a prospect that you know what to say yeah i mean You know a lot of sdrs are on the phone making 100 phone calls a day they all either go to voicemail or just get cut off and finally one person answers you know out of a hundred calls and they just blow it because um they're not ready at that point so just make sure that they're ready and and they know what to say uh, when they do connect yeah no that's great okay so your second
0: revenue rule I'm excited about this one. Go ahead, kick us off.
1: Yeah, what was it? Do you, um, remind me, do you have it there? What did yeah. I say? If, oh, it's around yeah. the customer knowing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it goes into what we were talking about. So the next one is you really got to care about the people that you're calling on, the, uh, the 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 pain points that they're trying to solve and the industry. And And so what we see out there a lot is Um, you're really happy, you know, you got a job at this company. It's a venture-backed company. They they give you a lot of perks and stuff like that. It's it's terrific. Um, but the names and phone numbers and emails in the system are just that, you know, they're just names, phone numbers, and emails. And uh, a lot, you know, the SDRs have no idea, you know, who these people are, what they're dealing with, what what their pain points are and uh they're just a name and a number you know and and it's um you know you you've got to you've got to have some kind of intrinsic motivation to be doing this um and and uh you know if you're not interested in the industry or the people that you're calling or anything and you're just there for a paycheck um that's going to be a huge problem it's going to be reflected in your results you know and and the roi that the company's getting from investing in you you know as an sdr so i'd encourage you know um and we're actually this is the we've got a blog on 10 bound called the amazing sdr trifecta that gives you the the formula you know for for pairing and uh we're writing a book on this right now uh, specifically to go in depth but you know it it, it starts with um using this time as an sdr because it, it may be uh, uh you know a year or two before you get promoted or move on use it as a, a time to really go deep into the the personas pain points and and industry that you're calling on and um you know it's a word that's thrown around but do your best to become an expert in those um and look at it as a learning experience to um, get that vocabulary and and um, be able to talk to these people right yeah. yeah
0: and and so how do you i mean i guess you can you can build that uh interest if they don't have it right from the get-go right but i think most people take a job because of the company not because of what they're selling or even you know, the buyer of, of the of their software or service Right, maybe some, maybe some do, but I would guess they're they're more interested in the company, the culture, the perks, the the salary, the, you know, versus who, whose problems they're solving. So you have to foster that somehow, right? So I guess is that's a part of the training that you would give these people to really understand what it's like to be in their buyer's shoes, or, you know, is there any creative ways that you see companies, you know, help put these, you know less experienced early in their career people into those buyer shoes
1: yeah yeah so um you know and and it, like you said i mean if you're selling you know industrial widgets you know and somewhere it's like how do i get excited about this or you know how do i get excited to help the people that are out there dealing with this um it, it, you know it, it's it's kind of a foreign you know concept to think about but it's really really important because once you are more adept at the industry and the vocabulary and you understand the people and you can talk about the pain points, that sort of becomes a foundation for your message and the way that you reach out to them and all the other stuff that people are trying to figure out would to be effective as an SDR. So it's definitely worth the time. So tactically, you know, it could be as simple as, think about the, the, the industry that you're calling on and what are the what are the media you know products that that industry consumes so what podcasts do they listen to what webinars do they watch what research papers what uh, conferences do they go to or virtual conferences what groups do they belong to right mm-hmm. at least start there and and start to consume some of that content so you can start to hear themes and and words and concepts that are important to, to the audience, um, try to immerse yourself in, in that um, just for a few, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes a day. Not, not to, you know, to uh, any, or the best one, I mean, really, you know, if you're dedicated, you do it on your spare time and instead of just like we all, you know, waste <laughs> time on entertainment and stuff like that, use it as an education to really get into their head. Um, the other quick thing is find, uh, you know, two or three people that are actually doing the job um, and uh, that you're calling on, they're actually doing the job and just offer, you know, to buy them a, I don't know if you can do it on Zoom, but, you know, buy them a lunch gift card or take them out to lunch once there's no more COVID, take them out to lunch and just ask them a bunch of open-ended questions, you know, tell yeah. me about your day, what's a day in the life, how'd you get into this, you know uh what, what was your educational background what are some of your challenges i mean you're not selling anything you're just asking them to talk about themselves and nobody nobody does this right i mean uh, how great would it be if somebody just asked you a bunch of open-ended questions about yourself and you could talk about yourself for you half an hour yeah yeah they love it right and yeah. you'll start to pick up the themes of what you know bugs them and drives them crazy and you can start to connect that back to what your product does
0: yeah yeah no that's good that's fantastic uh, one of the things that i have seen because we sell at lens we sell in this you know sell our software into sales and and uh sales teams customer success teams and and one of the things that i see lacking is the ability of sdrs and salespeople and customer success is, is being consultative meaning like they they know what like they're almost a mini domain expert right as, as a seller or as an sdr or a customer success you know yes i need to know my software but i really need to understand your business and be able to coach you or advise you uh, on what you should do shouldn't do what others are doing right like more of a, a, a more than a consultant than a you know someone pushing software or pushing services or whatever it is, product you're promoting. Now obviously SDRs are not going to be in a position to be as consultative as you know an experienced account executive. Um, but I do think this nature of adding value and being consultative is important at every stage. And so I'm curious kind of what your thought is because if, if it comes across as you're trying to sell me, I, I'm instantly turned off. Whereas if you're trying to teach me something right about What's happening in the industry, or in the market, or in my business, or whatever it may be, then I'm going to view it as a very different, you know, type of interaction. And so I'm just kind of curious your thought on, you know, the SDR's role and adding value and, and kind of being more consultative.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's a that's a tough order, you know, for most the SDRs, right? Because um, to, to to get to that consultative level, you'd have to have been the prospect, you know, doing their job. At some point, and then shift to become an SDR, calling on them, or been a, a you know high-level sales rep working for in the industry for a long time. So, um, the 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 thing that they do have that that a lot of the even the really high-end salespeople don't have is the ability to talk to a lot of people in the industry and and learn about the trends that are happening and share what they're hearing. From other prospects, um, you know, a, as far as things to look out for, trends that are coming up in the industry, and because you know, if you talk to, you know, five or six different companies every day and and different people, and and you, and you sit in on sales calls and you listen to the the media and stuff like that, you're you're now sort of an industry analyst, right? And you can bring that 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 insight to people that um, are just you know when you're heads down in your own company and you're not you you don't have time to listen to industry blogs and podcasts and stuff like that um, you know the the SDR can be somebody who can bring you really interesting information that could potentially help right. and um, and and it's also a great way to start a conversation so we we always train SDRs if they do get somebody on the line To just say hey you know i'm talking to a lot of other folks in your industry here's what we're hearing and i just wanted to see you know if you're dealing with anything like this you know and if they're not then thank you very much i'll call you back in (laughs) six months right Right? so yeah no
0: that's good i think sometimes too it comes across an email um where there's not much of a value add even even there where it's it's um you know it's, it's like the more you try to sell the, the less likely someone's going to receive that email well right like if you don't speak you know what i mean and so that's what i'm trying to get to this this idea of bring me something of value not just
1: an offer to meet with you for 15 minutes next week on uh, at 3 p.m. right oh yeah i mean definitely definitely it's there's got to be there's got to be you know something interesting that takes them from being busy to being a little bit curious like i i, I want to interact with this person because they might have something that could help me you know um and just asking for a 15-minute call right up front is you know what what's the value i'm already too busy i got a bunch of stuff that i got to do for my boss and my family uh, you know and i'm yeah. Yeah. you know i don't have time to talk to you for 15 minutes what, what do you what do you want um so, and, and th- like I said, there, there's a push and pull because the business needs the SDR to be talking to tons of people, setting qualified appointments, and building pipeline. So, the business is like, you know, you got a quota and you got to do all this stuff. But then the buyers are like, you know, the, it's more of a slow burn. It's, it's like, a, it's almost like the dating process. Like, you, you, you don't want to walk up to somebody at a bar and ask them to marry you. Like right, <laughs> immediately, right? right? And that. that's that's essentially what we're doing because we're under so much pressure from the business. But you you gotta you gotta slow the roll down a little bit, um and and bring something of value, bring an offer, um, you know, let let the hook, you know, set the hook a little bit, and then kind of reel them in.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Well, David, where can we follow you on uh, online? Is a good place? I do want to put your blog post in the show notes. So make sure you send me that around the uh the trifecta.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Um definitely just jump in, on to um tenbound.com, tenboun d.com. There's a free assessment there where you can take like a five-minute assessment of where you are in the sales development, you know, process and um and if there's any gaps there that you can that that you can look at. So tenbound.com. Fantastic.
0: Well, thank you, David. It's been insightful. I know you've, you've, you've been doing this for, for many years across many companies, uh, Cisco, Glassdoor. Who else were you uh, running SDR teams?
1: Yeah, so uh, um, they, they were acquired, but um, Act, uh, not act on, Infer and Acton software as well.
0: Wow. So again, this is coming straight from a lot of experience. David, thank you very much. Let's do it again soon. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Revenue Hustle. This episode has been brought to you by Nine Lenses. Close more deals with interactive assessments. Check them out at NineLenses.com. See you next time.